Welcome to the CND Podcast. I'm Clinical Editor Christopher Stewart. With the pre-registration exam looming at the end of June, I wanted to get the lowdown on what should be prioritised over the coming weeks. I'm joined by the Head of Education and Training at Greenlight Campus, Simon Harris. So firstly, what should pre-regs be doing now to prepare for the pre-registration assessment? I guess at this point, with just under four weeks to go until the registration assessment, it's important to look over the, the GPHC exam framework to make sure that all the different points and topics have been covered. Uh, a lot of pre-regs at this stage will have planned to take the last two or three weeks off before the exam as annual leave to help them prepare. And using the exam framework is really the most important thing um, that they can do to ensure they have covered everything to be as prepared as possible for the exam. I know that a lot of pre-regs have been working a lot towards this here moment, but in these last pivotal weeks, what can the pre-reg tutor do to sort of help their students? Well, the tutor really is there at this point as a supportive role. In terms of learning new information and new teaching, that probably doesn't, that will already have happened by this point with you know, 10 months into the pre-reg programme. I think at this stage, pre-regs can often become very anxious and nervous about the exam coming up and offering support, guidance, advice, uh, and really just listening to any concerns can be helpful and reassurance. Pre-regs know more than they realise. They've learned a lot more through practice than they often realise. And sometimes it's when they compare themselves to friends or they, they do mock exams from various providers, they can sometimes, sometimes it boosts their knowledge or boost their confidence, but there at times if they don't do so well, then it can really damage their confidence. So I think having tutors there to say, look, take a break, remember to, to exercise, eat well, drink plenty of water and, and get some some downtime and don't just study constantly, that is helpful to to the pre-reg. That's one of the things I was wondering, like, be any other tips for sort of pre-regs who are suffering from revision fatigue, who've just sort of maybe been pushing themselves quite a lot while trying to hold down the full-time job and stuff like that? How can they maintain that balance in the lead up to the exam? It can get difficult. People often start studying um, February, March, April, so they may have been studying now for months and months. Uh, and, and particularly reading the same resources over and over again can can be very tiring. Uh, I think it's important with revision to to use a range of resources, to have study groups, to think about different ways of revising. There's so many ways that people can learn, whether it's through mind maps, whether it's through writing, whether it's recording their notes on a dictaphone and listening to them on their commute. Uh, there are lots of different ways of revising uh, and I think having that mixture is important. And at the same time, as I said before, having some downtime. People do not need to study seven days a week, 14 hours a day, because my experience is when people do that, they crash in the, in the days leading up to the exam and they, they turn up exhausted and they don't perform as well as they could. So there's a, a wide sort of area to cover within the syllabus, but is there anything they should be focusing on within the next few weeks? I, I think... The, the, the exam framework now is broken down into high, medium and low weighted topics. And it's important that all those topics are covered. In these last few weeks, just making sure that uh, pre-regs are confident with the high and medium weighted topics would be useful. Not just focusing on the BNF because the exam is about application of knowledge. It's not just about recalling facts and figures. It's about how do you apply that to a patient? What if the patient has diabetes? What if the patient is pregnant? What if the patient's a two-year-old? What if they're a 92-year-old? What if they have renal impairment? How would you apply your information to those patients? So often using NICE guidance, using CKS, that can really help to, to think about how to apply the knowledge, which is what the exam's all about. With the introduction of the new GPHC exam format two years ago, 
do we have a better idea of what to expect from the assessment? I think I think pre-regs do now. The exam framework gives a lot of information, gives indicative topics that people can look into. For me, there's more information than there used to be in the old syllabus, so I think uh, pre-regs now have, have that advantage. There's also the list of high-risk drugs in the exam framework, which, and the GPHC state that they're likely to ask at least one question in each of those topics. So pre-regs need to make sure they can cover all those high-risk drugs in detail. And there's also a list of all the calculation types within the framework. So again, pre-regs must make sure they can carry out any of those uh, calculation types in the framework. So I, I think now the guidance given is much better than it ever used to be. There's videos on the GPHC website. There's a whole lot of information. You can even read the instructions that you're going to get on the day of your exam um, for paper one and for paper two. That's all freely available on the GPHC website in the Pre-Reg Manual. And it's so important that pre-regs have used that as a resource. And tutors can too, so that tutors really understand what their pre-reg is going to be up against and uh, and how best to position themselves in terms of offering support. I think from the last couple of years, we've seen pre-regs being a bit stressed about the new format coming out of the exam and saying it's not what I expected. And I'm sure some of the current cohort have maybe seen some of these here replies to the GPHC and even I think they posted some things on pharmacist support. What should you say to sort of help them about this sort of anxiety? I think there are a lot of myths around the exam in terms of whether the June or September is harder, uh, in terms of questions being fair. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of myths essentially um, which are not helpful in any way. They, they don't help anyone get through the exam. They don't help anyone become a better pharmacist. Uh, they actually just not confidence, and they're not true. So I, I think the key thing is to, to be focusing on the exam framework and also to be sure that before a pre-reg sits the exam, they need to make sure, are you are they really fit to sit the exam? Are they really ready for it? Do, have they covered the exam framework? Can they complete calculations within three minutes, really, is what you're given for paper one? And if they can't, then they shouldn't be sitting it. They shouldn't be sitting the exam at the next sitting. They, they might need a, an extra few months to prepare. And it's absolutely fine if they're, they're not ready for it. My advice is to sit the exam once and pass it first time. People often who, who fail the exam come and they say to me, Simon, I, I sat it the first time, but I wasn't really ready. I wanted to sort of see what it was like. And then they have to sit it for a second time and suddenly their, their anxiety levels are much higher because they know it's the second out of three attempts. And then if they do, for example, if someone was to sit the June exam and not be successful, there's not that much time between June and September or when the results come out in, at the end of July and the, the new exam in September to really boost knowledge, fill in gaps in knowledge. So really people often do the, sort of the, the September exam after being unsuccessful in June and they quite commonly fail again in September. And then they find themselves onto the third attempt. They have to do a six-month placement. And really it's sort of thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. And sitting an exam for the third and final attempt after five hard years of studying is really, really tough. So my advice is sit it once when you're ready. Don't rush it. Don't sit it just because you feel that's what your friends are doing or that's what your tutor thinks you should do. If the pre-reg does not feel ready, they should not sit the exam. You mentioned that you meant to have about three minutes for each calculation. Um, is there any other areas that pre-regs might fall down in and which they should try to focus our energies in now? Yeah, so now the exam includes a resource pack. So on the framework, it says up to 25% of each paper can include uh, the use of a resource pack. And that might be an SPC, it might be an extract from a BNF, it might be a picture. So pre-regs can practice using SPCs, but not just practice using them online on the EMC website, because in, in the exam, they're not going to be online, they're going to be in paper. So 
you know, prioritizers must be able to find information quickly using a paper SPC. So they need to know the sections. They need to know where they would find information on renal impairment, on contraindications, on interactions, on kinetics. And if they practice using these SPCs, they'll find that they can use the resource packs much quicker and, and they're able to manage their time better. Should those from a hospital background be focusing on anything different from those from a community pharmacy background? Ultimately, the exam is the same exam for any pre-reg, whether they've trained in hospital, community, general practice, industry, or anywhere else. So really, they should all be focusing on the same. It comes down to gaps in knowledge. Hospital pre-regs will obviously have spent less time focusing on OTC medicines and responding to symptoms. So that's something where they might want to spend more time revising. Uh, likewise, community pre-regs may feel they, they're not as familiar with, with blood results, with monitoring requirements of certain high-risk drugs, so they might want to spend more time revising those because they'll have been less familiar. Really, this exam is based on practice. It's based on real-life practice. So people ideally are learning as they go along. They're learning when they're dispensing, when they're giving advice to patients on medicines. So the, the learning should be ongoing based on real-life examples. So no, there's nothing specific that each, each should do aside from addressing their own gaps in the knowledge. We talked about how some pharmacists are maybe taking a bit of time towards the end of the pre-reg off on holiday or annual leave so that they can revise for their exam. How important is it to sort of have a revision timetable at this point and, I guess, stick to it? I think it's very important to have a revision timetable. There's a lot to cover in the exam framework and it's, it's a bit different to any other exam they might have sat before in that the breadth of knowledge is so wide and it's unclear what's coming up. Uh, and now with under four weeks to go, I would want pre-regs to know what they're going to do each day um, to make sure they are completely ready. And particularly if they are taking the last two or three weeks off before the exam, they should know what they're going to achieve each day. Otherwise, they run the risk of, let's say they have three weeks off. There is a risk that the first week will be, uh, they'll be working at quite a slow pace because they, they feel they have time. And in the last two weeks, the pace will have to pick up and, and that's when anxiety may set in. So having a timetable that's realistic that they can stick to is very, very important. People often say to me, I'm going to do, for example, 40 calculation questions every day for, for three weeks. And my first response is, well, where do you find 40 questions every day for, for three weeks that are different? I mean, that's I don't know if that number of questions exists. So uh, you need to be sensible. Is that what you need to do? Is that helping? And people also need to be honest with themselves once, they, once they've finished a day of revision. What do they remember from that day? Have they learned anything? And if you're tired, stop, stop studying, go to bed. Do some exercise, go out for a walk, get fresh air, see friends. It's important that they, they control their mental health as well as their physical health and, and they really are in, in a good physical condition uh, before going into the exam. If you had one take-home message for pre-regs who are preparing for their exam, what would it be? I think my last take-home message would be consider before the exam, are you fit to sit? Are you ready to sit it? If the answer is yes, go for it. Give it your best shot. If the answer is no, then don't sit the exam. Postpone it by a couple of months to September and then you'll have enough time to, to get more advice, to plan, to prepare and give it um, your best shot in September instead of June. Uh, don't force yourself to do it if you're not ready. If someone was wanting to postpone, how should they have those conversations with their tutor? Because I feel like a lot of people might have anxiety coming to say to their tutor, listen, I've had a year review, but I'm, I'm still not ready. Yeah, that can be a difficult conversation. Uh, I, I think tutors 
will be will be you know I would hope children would be understanding to that if the pre-reg really felt that they weren't ready if they've done some perhaps the GPHC sample papers which are online if they haven't com if they've completed those and and they were unsuccessful with them then I think that's a very good indication that they're they're unlikely to be successful in the real exam and, and it is worth postponing it there's not much time at all between June and September uh, so it's it's worth postponing doing it when they're ready in, in September and they can quote me on that. That was Simon Harris speaking about how pre-reg pharmacists can prepare for the upcoming pre-registration assessment. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on iTunes or on your Android podcast provider. Thanks for listening.